Welcome to Diaries of a Data Scientist, our podcast in which we share about what's important to break into data science, provide valuable insights also for senior data scientists, and invite interesting guests from different data science areas. We're Yasmin and Kate, we're both data scientists and mentors working in industry, and we are sharing here our thoughts and experiences. Let's go. Welcome everyone to our new episode of Diaries of a Data Scientist. This is already our 10th episode. Kate, can you believe it? No, I think that we need to have a prosecco today, honestly. <laughs> ah, yes, like to celebrate a little <laughs> bit. And um, we're so happy that you're listening in or viewing in on YouTube, maybe also to celebrate together with us. Today, we're going to finish um, the part where we explain to you how to nail mm -hmm. the data science interview so you can score your dream job or your entry position after studying. And um, today we're going to talk mainly about the processes and the actions that you can take during the interview process, as well as mm -hmm. some of the activities that you should care about um, continuously. So like um, wherever you are in the application process, you can uh, perform these steps as well. And yeah, really excited for the second yeah. part today and let's get right into it. So imagine you have uh, the application done, you were invited mm -hmm. to maybe one of the first interviews, maybe the uh, yeah, candidate company, company is also asking you to perform some tests before. So let's mm -hmm. imagine you, you've survived all of these steps and now you're invited <laughs> to your first interview. So one thing that you should really, really um, highlight as part of, of your side of the interview is to dem demonstrate business acumen. Mm -hmm. Basically saying like you have not just done your theory part and your study part well, but that you also understand the business side of things. And there are several things that that, that you can do to, to do so, but it's mm -hmm. mainly not just talking about, I think, the technologies, Kate, right? So not just, yeah. you know, listing framework after framework, but also really Definitely. highlighting what are the advantages for the business? When mm -hmm. should you apply what maybe also what kind of algorithms are, I don't know, mm -hmm. more explainable, um, more transparent. This is also something which is really important to companies mm -hmm. nowadays and yeah. really being able also to communicate how data science can translate into business value. Um, what else would you suggest, Kate, regarding demonstrating business acumen? Yeah, um, what I wanted just to say about that part is that I guess for freshers in the data science field, um, I think that it's a quite a challenging part because if you remember yourself being in the university, you've been taught, you know, mathematics, statistics, computer science, like all of those technical parts, but you did not have any business related courses. And that is why nobody really told you how to um, look at the technical problem from the business side. And that is why um, I guess it is like really important skill to really understand how those algorithms can be transferred to the business advantages, how you can help business by applying them. So, and this is the part where I want to say that please put in your portfolio um, every single machine learning that you have ever done, maybe it was in the courses, as we have mentioned that in the previous um, episode, or um, in different um, hackathons that you have uh, 
been registered into. So putting your CV, all of those machine learning stuff, and try to explain for the business from the business side how it benefit them. Oh, absolutely. And and you've mentioned the data science portfolio. So this is something mm -hmm. that we've introduced in part one um, mm -hmm. of, of this topic, right? So um, as you said, so also there it's important if you are, you know, going through a use case, going through like a solution to really treat this end to end and yeah. also explain like the points of, you know, um, what is the data generation process, which mm -hmm. often then would relate back to the business side of things. So how's that data actually being generated mm -hmm. as part of a business situation or as part of a business problem? And yeah. um, as you said, so for me also from an interviewer side, this really makes a difference, like comparing how different candidates behave in interviews mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. also seeing, um, you know, are they only like competent from the technical side of things or are they really managing to also, you know, bridging the gap between the technical side and business side? And yeah. um, that's something that you can train and that you can, that is something you can prepare for. And again, mm -hmm. here also I think internships and working student positions and any kind of work experience that you can get can, can help you to prepare for yeah. that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you said I have a question for you. Yeah. <laughs> As usual. Um, so what do you think, let, let's say that you have, the the resume like looking through and you see that a lot of machine learning algorithms like a lot of data science techniques uh, do you feel that it's going to be really really beneficial to understand what is going behind those machine learning algorithms and being able to explain them on the interview if needed absolutely absolutely <laughs> so um imagine so this this can be a nightmare situation um, mm -hmm. imagine you've like prepared very well for the interview and then you're sitting in the interview and someone is asking you, okay, um, you would apply a decision tree here. So, um, please mm -hmm. try to, um, you know, note down on a, on a piece of paper, how do decision trees work? How are they splitted? How they split mm -hmm. the data? What are different splitting criterions and so on? Um, and then, mm -hmm. you know, if you then only have to start to think about it and you're like, you need some time to really come up with it. Um, this is maybe not yeah. giving off the best look because as, as we discussed, right, these are really the basics and it's not enough to be able to write a, a line in Python and be able to apply it. You should be able to to understand it first way and then also to be able to explain how it works. And I would definitely say, yes, this is for me one of the cores. Um, mm -hmm understanding of, of algorithms and for me that also then translate to being able to um, explain the, the way through them yeah and mm -hmm. this can also be um, uh, sometimes I, I feel it quite sad it's in some of these boot camps and learning material you can find online mm -hmm. they don't really go, go into the depth there I was quite happy at mm -hmm. my university at my data science master we had great professors and they they really took us through line by line and we had yes. to also um like uh, be able to explain that as, as part of axioms and projects and presentations um mm -hmm. so i was very mm -hmm. glad for that preparation so it is just not enough to know yeah. how to call decision tree function but it's also really important yeah. to be able to understand why this is working like that and why it produces that kind of results yeah mm -hmm. absolutely and that's that's the algorithmic part but um what you can also be prepared for is in some interviews and in some data science interviews, you will be asked to also explain a certain maybe um, prior business cases um, mm. from the, the like what was the, the 
outgoing situation. So basically, what was the situation at the beginning? Um, how did you take certain decisions? So really, to also explain your way through one of these cases from beginning to end. Um, mm -hmm. There yes. are certain con concepts also which can help. I think one of them is uh, called STAR concept. Mm -hmm. You can um, look into that. That can help you basically to to structure your way through discussing such a use case and also covering the parts of what have you learned out of it. And yeah. it's also fully okay. So maybe not to to um, create this like image of you need to be perfect. That's not mm -hmm. it. You can make mistakes also as part of the, the business mm -hmm. case, but it's important that you can then explain how have you learned from these mistakes and what was your like kind of what mm -hmm. did you take out of that um, that errors such that you can now do it differently and i think that's even more yes. powerful than just Definitely. giving off this image of, of perfectionism because yeah, mistakes will happen so mm -hmm. i'd rather know that that you know how to how to learn from that. handle that yeah yeah you exactly. have just i guess highlighted the perfect statement right now this is something that um my mentors got all the time you know like well, I could not really imagine that this is going to be that way. Because what I see all the time on the interviews is that that was my personal experience that in one of the interviews, uh, you're sitting in the, like in there talking with the whole team of data scientists. Mm -hmm. And they will give you, you know, pretty hard and tough task that is not on your civilis. So which means that perhaps you have never work with that field and with those algorithms. And this is the first part. And the second part is that probably and most likely the whole data science department cannot solve that case already for like a century, like in the parentheses, definitely. <laughs> and they will give you this case on the interview and they would kind of observe how you would behave yourself. So this is something that I all the time say to my mentor, like, let, let me know uh, if you agree with that or not. So even if you have this kind of situation, it is really important to understand that they are interested in the way not to see the perfect solution and the correct number in the end, but they're interested to understand how you would approach the task, to which website you're going to navigate yourself in order to find an answer, uh, which people are you going to ask in order to understand how to approach that part. So this, you know, this kind of skill of, not being afraid of new problems, I guess it is really valuable in the data science field. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think it just came up in my mind to compare that to like a, a criminal case. So mm -hmm. they ask you basically not to solve the, the murder mystery, which is maybe not even solvable based on the evidence that is there, but mm -hmm. they want to see how you would behave as a detective and how you would approach the topic mm -hmm. and what steps you would take. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think that yeah. is, um, as you said, um, so best way that you come out of like a studies or a boot camp is not to learn everything by heart and have the feeling, you know, everything by heart, but having developed a certain kind of critical problem, mm -hmm. um, um, like solving a skill set and like mm -hmm. um, methodology of how to approach problems and situations. That is actually uh, what you should, which, what you should learn. Yeah. these kind of trainings and, and programs and yeah. not, you know, uh, as mentioned, some, they may, may ask you to explain certain algorithms and that is something that you can really learn for, that you can train and nobody is expecting you to know everything mm -hmm. by heart once you started with the job, yes, but mm -hmm. you should also have developed this kind of critical thinking, problem-solving attitude and so yeah. on and that's what they want to test as well. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because um, as a data scientist, you would always find yourself um, in total different fields that yep. this project perhaps is in computer vision. And the next one in 12 months is going to be about, I don't know, about time series or something like that. And like, for example, right now I'm having a totally different project. So I have to uh, somehow match the prompts with the images of the database. Mm -hmm. And I have never done that before. And I have to write down for that an algorithm. So, but this not kind of makes me feel bad in that situation because I know how to handle kind of unknown cases and how to approach these tasks. Yes. And this, this like topic of resilience mm -hmm. and not being frustrated easily by when challenges come up and when things seem like really bad at, at a point and unsolvable at a point and then not being, mm -hmm. being frustrated, but actually being motivated to push through and mm -hmm. to like go into the task and just go deeper and, mm -hmm. you know, bite into it and just don't let loose. Mm -hmm. This is, this is what I think is really um, important to have as a, as a skill set, but also a little bit as a, a personality trait. Yeah. To become a successful data scientist. Mm -hmm. And uh, a part of that, like, you know, in data science, it's such a fastly developing field. So you will always stand for challenges that are maybe unknown to you before. Definitely. And, you know, not, not being af afraid for this unknown, but basically like, you know, going then into that situation. This is the kind of behavior that you should mm -hmm. also display as part of your job interview. Yeah. And I think it is really valuable um, knowledge because this is something that I remember myself in the university. This is something nobody really told us about. Uh, we've been always told that you just need to know mathematics behind that and you will be totally fine. But this kind of adaptability, yeah. this is something totally different that you will, you will kind of create as a skill by yourself while working on different cases. Yeah, and, and um, I think these tips, they, they are so helpful. They are really, really valuable. And, and still, um, you know, every, every job interview is different. It really depends yeah. on the, say, unique mixture and combination of who is in the interview panel, you as the candidate, yeah. Like sometimes it's even, I mean, it's still like to some level up to your daily performance. How well do you feel on the day? Mm -hmm. Are you, you know, maybe a little bit sick or having a cold, maybe not feeling yeah. at your best, right? This can also sometimes happen. And just to show also, don't be, don't be frustrated after an interview if it didn't felt like it was going super well. Mm -hmm. There are definitely panels of interviews, interviewers who should rather play poker because they have such good <laughs> poker faces. They yeah. won't let on anything. Yeah. And then you come out of this interview and you're like, oh man, this was really not going well. And yeah. Yeah. at the end you, you, you get the job offer because um, you fully convinced them and they just didn't, didn't let it on and, and, and didn't show yes. it. Mm -hmm. Um and of course, it can also sometimes go into, into the other direction. You're like going out <laughs> and you feel like on the top of the world. Yes. And, but... and you don't get the offer. And in that case, I think also like, you know, it's okay to be sad for a little bit time, but then you have to go, you know, get up and, and continue down, yes. and also ask, reach out and say, hey, have you any kind of feedback of what I could have done differently or mm -hmm. what kind of gaps have you identified that I should work on? And really mm -hmm. also take this as another opportunity to learn from as well. Mm -hmm. Yep, for sure. So I guess we, we have covered the technical part. What do you think about the soft skills? 
because uh, they are also kind of really important if you would love to go into the data science field because you will never um, you will never find yourself just working with data scientists uh, in in Python and not going to the like world to the business world outside of your this technical <laughs> comfort zone. So, uh, what do you think about that part? Yeah, I, I think it's we kind of highlight this in, in a lot of our episodes, and yeah, um, in definitely. my opinion, rightly so, because mm -hmm. this is like I think from a university side sometimes highly neglected. Also, mm -hmm. in some kinds of these boot camp, boot camps, um, they just try to teach you all there is to like the most popular algorithms and frameworks to use and so on. And you come out and you mm -hmm. have all of this technical side down. But you know, unless you have like um, a prior career or like a substantial amount of work experience, um, mm -hmm. you might feel heavily overwhelmed going into the interviews as well as maybe if you scored yeah. a job like handling real world situations like that and mm -hmm. i think um skill set like soft skill set like resilience critical thinking skills of communication uh, which mm -hmm. we really stress a lot this is also what i would expect to see as part of the interview process definitely mm -hmm. um, and that already mm -hmm. begins not just like in the, in the interview itself but is that candidate like actually reacting to emails, to phone calls in a timely manner? And do you yeah. display a professional behavior um, in your style of communication? Um, and again, mm -hmm. it's not it's not about getting every situation perfect, but displaying like a certain potential and, and with room to grow. Yes. That's always okay, right? But mm -hmm. yeah, um, mm -hmm. especially if it's if it's not a super junior or like an entry level position, you'd expect that person to be more or less readily able yeah. to fight data science problems after a little bit of onboarding into the maybe technical mm -hmm. landscape of that company. And mm -hmm. uh, for me, that is definitely including a certain level of soft skills. Yeah. And also uh, remember that you might not always be in a team of data scientists. Um, you might have um, a manager who is not a technical person. And this is something, I guess, explicitly um, important to be able to really um, use your communication skills in order yeah. to, you know, to talk about a data science, to talk about a proposed solutions, how it would benefit. So this, everything what you've just mentioned, it's so, so much important, especially if you're going to, to work with the business side and not only with the technical ones. Yeah. And that's, that's really un to, to understand, um, if you if you in the end want to have like a positive impact on the business, um, that is just also including not just getting the technical part right, but also mm -hmm. then also being able to explain it to stakeholders, being able to also to yeah. some level sell ideas to management yeah. and managing up. Exactly um, as you said, um, I think mm -hmm. everyone uh, who has this kind of technical background loves to have also team leads who have like a technical education um, makes a lot of things um, easier. Mm -hmm. um, but that's not always the case. And um, I've seen very, very successful teams having, mm -hmm. um, say, kind of business leads or managers mm -hmm. coming really solely from the business side. And then they, they kind of manage from both parties' yeah. ends to mm -hmm. effectively communicate with each other. Mm -hmm. And that can, sometimes can be the more successful combination than yeah. having like a manager a future like a, a former data scientist who actually doesn't want to be a people lead yeah. that is not not the kind <laughs> not of uh, yeah. also not like you know 
um, the, the best kind of situation. So I'd rather have like a, a cool team and a business mm -hmm. manager and like both parties can effectively mm -hmm. communicate and manage each other mm -hmm. as well. Um, yeah. So yeah, and, and also that's important to say, right? Don't just make data scientists, developers into team leads if, if they don't also display the skill set of, gotta of having the soft skills. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's not a like... natural uh -huh. kind of career advancement. So don't just think because okay, um, you now have to score this position that, you know, yeah. all problems are solved. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely. Have you, have you ever heard about the book which is called Surrounded by Idiots? I don't think so. Uh, that, I guess this is like one of my best tips for people that are looking for how to manage people, how to sell people, how to give feedback. So okay. I guess it is like one of the It has a provocative title at least. Yes, so, and that is uh, why... It sounds interesting. <laughs> and that is why I guess it is like one of the bestsellers. So pretty much it's based mm -hmm. on the uh, psychology uh, methods, which is like color codes of the people. It's not red, blue, green, and yellow. Green, yes. Yeah. yeah. And pretty much this guy, he is, it is his main job Um to talk about those colors and to show people who is who kind of in the society mm -hmm. and to then give you a lot of tips how you can impact that or another person. And I think this is pretty interesting because like this is what I, I heard a lot from the data scientists who I recommended to read that book. They were like, Kate is like a massive kind of cheat shit how you can <laughs> manage people. <laughs> interesting so, yeah maybe this maybe. kind of system does help for some yeah. people to to you know better manage interactions and um mm -hmm. helps them to just structure that a little bit it sounds quite interesting i'm gonna take a look at it yeah definitely awesome. and it's also i know that it's also like um the audiobook is available in german in, in, in english language so yeah definitely feel free to yeah, do that I, I can imagine it definitely also helps in in an interview situation to also figure out a little bit like what mm -hmm. kind of role each interviewer is taking um, you yeah. know is, is taking up um because yeah. i'm it, it's mostly at least the interviews that i've seen and that i have reported uh, have been reported to me it's usually mm -hmm. not a a one-on-one -on -one, um at least not at the early stages um you usually have like more than one um interviewer Sorry. yeah mm -hmm. um and hopefully also quite say diverse range of interviewers because I mean, you also should get a little bit of glimpse about the company itself. So as, mm -hmm. again, the interview is as much for the company to vet you as a candidate as it is for you as a candidate to vet yeah. the company. So if if I would lead like a, like a data science organization, um, I would try to make sure to also display the, the range of, mm -hmm. of skill sets and personalities that I have in the, in the, in the organization as part of the interview panels. Mm -hmm. And I think yeah. that also could greatly, um, you know, yeah, could con convince can, yeah, impact and convince candidates to also join a mm -hmm. company or not um, based yeah. on also the, the interactions presented in the interview. Yeah, definitely. For sure. And this, I guess, a pretty smart tip to understand a little bit who is who in the interview. For yeah, you or who are you dealing with exactly? Yeah, definitely. And also, awesome. if you would love to work with these people later, also pretty important. Yes, and this doesn't mean that you you're actually going to work with the interviewers itself later. But <laughs> of course, it's kind of a little bit of a yeah. It shows a signal, and uh, also mm -hmm. of course, it delays the kind of culture as part of the company. Mm -hmm. 
seeing mm -hmm. also how well interviews are prepared yeah. um if you have yeah. the feeling there's a certain structure to it maybe as mentioned they give you like a certain case to talk through to to explain there also shows a level of of i would say appreciation from the company side to really try to, mm -hmm. to structure the interviews well and uh, to give you things to work with and tasks to work with imagine you'd come yeah. into an interview and like the interviewers just lying back and just say <laughs> oh explain yeah mrs <laughs> mrs nazarova explain me um how how have you been ending up in the seat and what you're doing all yes. day and yeah that's that's not a great look and feel I have to the company. like this bad feeling like arising my chest yes <laughs> yeah nope not coming to yasmin corporation okay yeah Good. so <laughs> Imagine you've now survived the interview process. Um, yeah. We've mentioned in the beginning, we also wanted to give a little bit of, of insight. What mm -hmm. are things and activities that you can do on a continuous level mm -hmm. to um, to prepare and to be all time prepared, you know, for the next interview? So, Kate, yeah. do you have any kind of, of advice on this side of continuous activities? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I will just like tell you my personal challenge right now, and then I will go to the like different activities. So my, currently, what I'm struggling with a lot is that, as you said, that data science field is so fast paced and filled. And that is why sometimes you don't have 24 hours in a day, it's just not, not enough for you in order to catch up. And for me, that is honestly a personal challenge that um, usually, like people just come over and ask out of sudden that, Kate, have you heard about that? Or for example, as you have just asked me a couple of days ago, oh, Kate, have you heard what just like OpenAI created with the prompting of the videos? I d didn't know about that. Mm -hmm. So that is why uh, I would say my wish right now is firstly to, to find kind of and newsletters or communities where I can all the time that myself, so they will do this job for me, and my task is just just to read it out. This is the one thing. The second part is that always have your LinkedIn page updated. Mm -hmm. So you should not forget about your LinkedIn page. So even though that you will need to then send out the actual CV, LinkedIn page is like your profile. It is like what expert you are in there. And yeah. the third part is all the time being in the communities, because this is something that you can really benefit out of this. And sometimes communities, they can host uh, virtual events or even offline events. You can go to lunch, to the dinner with them. And this kind of discussion with data scientists, like from different parts, from different companies and fields, I guess this is something really beneficial yeah. for your yeah. personal growth. And, you know, sometimes um, then the answer comes up there's just no community event in my closer like vicinity where I live. Mm -hmm. And you know what I reply usually to that? Even better, so you can get started in organizing this. So you're not By just yourself. a participant. You're yeah. going to be the organizer. And what does, you know, if that is yeah. a thriving community and you started that, ain't nothing better than than, than this. Mm -hmm. um, so for yeah. me, that, that tops participation, right? And <laughs> Yes, get, get show show uh, show that you are like kind of taking initiative, mm -hmm. and um, as mentioned, of course, there's also many virtual events, of course, in our yeah. field, and uh, I think it's all about also regarding the the tip of newsletters. I I love that I personally mm -hmm. also follow a couple of different newsletters ranging from software engineering mm -hmm. um, to to then data science, and it's I think that's all about for 
working uh, smarter, not harder, and harder on yes. this side. You, you don't always have to start everything mm -hmm. yourself from scratch, like a community, right? So it's mm -hmm. also fully okay in certain areas <laughs> to just um, get some help, use some tooling, mm -hmm. use the, the, the kind of offers of um, of a newsletter. There are, there are great ones outside. And we're mm -hmm. also going to list a couple of them in the show notes. And yeah, highlighting again, networking, networking, networking. And networking. Virtually as well as in power. real life. Yes, it has so much power. And um, it's really mm -hmm. also sometimes like not not you know uh, opportunities are just presented also along the way maybe to you that you you wouldn't have thought of a couple mm -hmm. of weeks or months ago and that can mm -hmm. really come with a good net network as well yeah and what about developing what do you think so you have participated in a lot of communities so you have mm -hmm. that critical mass of data scientists in your let's say circle in your club <laughs> in your club yeah that is even better <laughs> So what about the learning and development? I know that we've talked about that a lot and we even have like different mm -hmm. episodes on that part, but maybe just in a nutshell from your side. Oh, the nutshell is very small <laughs> because it's just like um, you have to continuously learn and develop yourself as a person, mm -hmm. but also as a data scientist from the from the skill set side. Um, mm -hmm. there's, there's different ways to do it, but I can like, there's one thing for certain, it just never stops yeah like you've been maybe if you you're hearing our um, new year's episode uh, beginning of the year you've seen that there are many kind of also learning goals involved from both kate and my side mm -hmm. and that's just that's the reality of of working in data science and you need to be continuously like um, upskilling you know getting yeah. to know the different new toolings new frameworks oh there's a new open source thing popping up and mm -hmm. if you're not feeling comfortable with it, either you have to learn to get comfortable with it or maybe data science, like that's kind of the harsh truth is not the field mm -hmm. which is meant for you. And that's yeah. also okay. But you really yeah. need to to like um, prioritize also your, your personal development. And if you have the feeling as part of your company position, it's, it's not really providing the necessary challenges. You mm -hmm. may need to, A, like do that on the side, also as part of your personal hours, or you mm -hmm. need to, to find like a position where you maybe feel more, more challenged or you're more exposed to also the latest, the mm -hmm. latest uh, tooling yeah. and, and stuff around. Yeah. Yes. But um, yeah. And a part of it is also listening to a great podcast, just like <laughs> Diaries of a Data Scientist. So yeah. if you like Perfect. what you're doing, what we are doing here provide a comment, give us a review on Spotify, for example, on Apple Podcasts. Um, yeah. Tell us like, what you want to hear as part of this, this podcast, because this is also a great learning opportunity for you. Definitely. And for us as well, I guess. And if you would have any mm -hmm. questions, guys, can you please just write it down or like... Um, in Leave the us podcast a voice message messages. on Spotify. Oh, yeah, yes. definitely. We, right now we have this option um, enabled. And that also, you can always reach out to us, and I guess, in uh, DMs over LinkedIn. So this Absolutely. is totally fine. Uh, thank you so much for your uh, listening today and your attention. Uh, it was Darius of a Data Scientist. As Yasmin just nicely explained, please give us a review, uh, leave us a comment, or even a voice message. We'll be really happy to hear that from your side. And if you would have any questions, uh, feel free to reach us out and see you again in two weeks. Ciao, ciao. Bye-bye. This was Darius of a Data Scientist by Yasmin and Kate. And if you enjoyed the episode, remember to check out our YouTube channel and our LinkedIn pages for more engaging content from the data science world. Thank you for today. 
and seeing you in the comments.